What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back into another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast on this Monday. Hope you guys are enjoying your Memorial Day. And we're going to be trying something new going forward on each Monday. And for this one in particular, we're going to be talking about the John Gruden visit, a little bit controversial. I know that's been kind of raising questions on Twitter, so we'll get into that and our thoughts there. We'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins and whether or not the Saints should pursue him. And I think it's a pretty easy answer in that. But I'll talk about why I think it'd be a perfect fit for New Orleans. And, of course, we'll talk about OTAs and what to expect this week coming up. All that right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, welcome back into a Monday edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, and this program is brought to you by Scott Vicknair Injury Lawyers. Have you been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore? Scott Vicknair handles it all. You can give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. That's right, a free consultation. He'll always fight for the win. So like I said, it's Monday. We're going to try this new thing where every Monday we're going to bring you a live morning show. Maybe it might not be as early as this Monday, but it's Memorial Day. People got things to do. Let's get to it. So uh, as always, since it will be live, if you guys want to send in comments, I'll get to them. I see you guys as always leaving stuff, and I do appreciate it greatly. And I said we're going to kick it off with John Gruden. So let's talk about John Gruden and what the Saints did this past week. And it was first reported by Jeff Duncan that the New Orleans Saints brought in John Gruden for a visit to help install the offense due to some familiarity with Derek Carr. He coached him from 2018 to 2021. So there is that definitely uh, familiar face in that regard. And him and Carr obviously had a pretty good relationship on the football field, especially towards that 2021 season before Gruden com- came out. So why is it controversial? Why is this a move that has half of Twitter enraged right now? It's kind of for good reason. John Gruden's a guy who got ousted from the NFL because emails that featured racist and homophobic language came out. And I think when someone does that, especially in emails, they're probably trying to show you behind closed doors who they are, and they're pretty open about it. And I think for the Saints, the one good thing here, and I think it's important to note, John Gruden is not on the Saints staff. He's not on the Saints staff. They brought him in for a week. This is traditional practice in the NFL with bringing in coaches. The one that makes it interesting and the one that makes it controversial is the fact that it is John Gruden because this is a coach who despite his success despite his history in the NFL there is that kind of red flag of why he was ousted from the league in the first place and the way I look at it would I have brought Gruden in probably not because I think you have to be smart knowing what type of backlash you will receive if you make that move that being said again he's not going to be on the coaching staff and I know it sounds terrible but I think at this point as I get older and I watch the NFL more and I start to really, you know, become realistic about watching the game. I think teams are always looking for an edge and the saints probably in some degree thought bringing in John Gruden to install the offense is going to give them an edge. It's going to help them speed up the process for Derek Carr. And that's why they did it. They did it because they thought it'd get a competitive, uh, competitive edge. Just like last year, a bunch of teams went after Deshaun Watson, despite how, tricky and messy his off-field situation was because I thought, hey, Deshaun Watson's going to give us a competitive edge on Sunday. So I'm not saying it's right. All I'm saying is NFL teams have proven time and time again when it comes to morals and stuff like that, they put it to the side because the main goal is winning. So for New Orleans to bring in John Gruden, they clearly think that at some level for that week of installing the offense, he's going to help them. And that's the way I think they see it. And that's probably all there is to it. But I will say this, and I think this is important when talking about this. If people are upset on Twitter, if Saints fans are mad, 
and they're kind of blasting the team. I don't think you can blame those people for getting upset. There's nothing wrong with, with as a fan expressing your concerns at a guy who, like I said, sent emails with racist, with a, a homophobic language in it, is if they're getting insulted. Because at some level, you are going to insult the demographic, the communities that he insulted by bringing him in. I think there always is that damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. And for fans who don't care, on the flip side of it, that's your opinion. I'm not going to blame fans for that. All I say for stuff like this is be understandable as to why people are upset about it because there is good reason why they're upset about it. That being said, I, I, it seems like this is a one-week thing. It doesn't sound like he'll be back. Now, OTAs are coming up, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. So maybe John Gruden is back for longer than one week, but he's not on the staff, and I think that's good in terms of avoiding any type of huge red flags and uh, headlines and distractions. But if it helped the offense, and that's what they probably thought, that's what they did. So that's where I'm kind of at with it. Do I like Gruden? No. Do I understand why the team did it? Kind of. Do I also agree slash understand why people are upset? Absolutely. And that's the way I see it. And that's how I'm going to drop it there because uh, I think there it's it's pretty simple, like people said. He's there for offensive purposes. He's there to help install the offense. He's there to help Derek Carr get to where he needs to be for the Saints to be successful. And if that's what the Saints think the goal is, they'll always take that chance to bring him in. And look, everyone complained about the offense last year. They're technically trying new things. It's just not the thing that people want them to try. Uh, So like I said, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now let's get into something that was not controversial and something that we'll spend a little bit more time on here. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins has been mentored in a gazillion trade rumors this offseason. Some with the Bills, some with the Chiefs, some with the Ravens, and nothing ever happened. Nothing happened. And we're all sitting there on Friday getting ready for Memorial Day weekend, wondering what's next for us, not really DeAndre Hopkins. And the news breaks that he gets released. And my first thought is the Cardinals are taking for Caleb Williams. That was my initial thought because releasing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins just seems like malpractice. But then you get into the other aspect of it, of where is he going next? And I know that all the talk is going to be about the Bills and about the Chiefs. And I'm sure to some degree people bring up the Jets because they have Rodgers. And some people might bring up the Giants because it's New York and they don't have a wide receiver one. But this isn't biased speaking. I do think the Saints present a decent landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that the answer to this question, should they pursue him, I think it's a resounding yes. Now, let's get into what he wants. Let's get into why I think that could happen. And then we'll go from there. Let's start with Watts. DeAndre Hopkins, according to multiple reports, is looking for stable management. He's looking for a quarterback who, in quotes, loves football. And he's looking for a top-tier defense. Those are the three things that they've been talking about. Do the Saints have those three things? Well, let's start off with stable management. The Saints have had the same GM for a long, long time with a stable owner, one of the most stable owners in the NFL, a loyal fan base, and a team that despite going 7-10, and 10, and we were talking about how disappointing last year was, they ran it back. They ran it back, and they instilled confidence in this group. They didn't just blow it up and act rash. So stable management. I think the Saints absolutely check off that box for DeAndre Hopkins. Quarterback who loves football. You don't have to love Derek Carr. You don't. But the guy does love football. You just, when you hear him speak, you know how important the game is to him. You know how important winning is to him. And you know how important the team camaraderie of all this is to him. So, yes, I do think the Saints check off that box too. Now, it's not a Patrick Mahomes. It's not a Josh Allen. But they check off that box. The Saints aren't starting Andy Dalton at quarterback. So, 
I think box two, check to New Orleans. Top-tier defense on paper, yes. Coming off last year, yes. Having a defensive-minded coach who has done nothing but produce good defenses in New Orleans, yes. So they check off all three boxes that DeAndre Hopkins wants to be checked off. Now, there's another aspect of this. DeAndre Hopkins does not want to get paid nothing for his services. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get paid pennies and nickels for his services. And why is that interesting? Well, the New Orleans Saints, the same team that Nick Wright sits there and tells you they're running a Ponzi scheme and they don't know how to manipulate the cap. That team has $13.6 million in cap space. Far more than the Chiefs. Far more than the Bills. Far more than the Jets. Far more than the Ravens. Far more than the Giants. All these teams that are in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes, allegedly, Saints have way more cap space than them. So they fill his three requirements, and they fill the requirement of, hey, I'm not paying for free. I, I still need to get paid. I'm DeAndre freaking Hopkins. So the Saints check off that box. Now, let's talk about whether or not it's a good fit. I think DeAndre Hopkins going to New Orleans changes an awful awful lot for this team but here's the first thing he changes and I think it's the most important thing if the Saints get DeAndre Hopkins and God forbid one of their top four receivers goes down due to injury the sky is not falling at all look I love Olave I love Shahid I think they're taking year two jumps especially Olave but be honest with yourself if Michael Thomas gets hurt again and no one wants to see that we'd all get upset about it. And we all start to go, I don't know about the receiving core now. Like, someone has to step up. If the Saints sign DeAndre Hopkins, and that situation, albeit we don't want it to happen, does unfold, Olave, Shahid, D-Hop as your three? Those is your main three in that situation? You're still feeling pretty damn good. And let's say Michael Thomas is healthy. Which secondary is going to slow down a wide receiver group that has two physical, dominant, great receivers who do it all in Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, and then two guys on the outside with speed in Olave and Shahid, which the other one in Olave has not just speed, wide receiver one capabilities. So I think bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, A, it's a no-brainer because the Saints are looking for talent. But B, here's the fascinating thing, right? I've been sitting here for months saying, and so have many others, obviously, the Saints should go after Hunter Renfro. The Saints can pursue Hunter Renfro. He'd give them that other weapon. I'm still not off that train. I think if the Saints could get Hunter Renfro, that'd be great. DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. You don't have to give up anything to get him, and you have a lot to gain from getting him. And I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is a top five wideout anymore. I think that ship has sailed. But is he top 20 still? I think he is when he's healthy. I think he'll make a big impact. I mean, the guy missed, what, eight games last year, still had over 700 yards. So, I think Hopkins would be a no-brainer for the Saints. He would give you a ton of comfort in that receiving group. And I think for New Orleans, I think that with the defense aging, there is a benefit to going in on offense, going all in on offense, and adding a lot. So I think for him, it makes a lot of sense. And now I don't think they're going to be his preferred choice. And I think that's important about this, to be realistic. I don't think they're his preferred choice. I think if the stars aligned, he'd choose Buffalo or he'd choose Kansas City. But the stars are not aligning right now, and money is a factor no matter how much players tell you it's not. It absolutely is. And the Saints can simply offer more money than these other teams. And if they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, guess what? All 
the excuses that we may give Derek Carr, they're off the table. And he's got to produce because he'd be looking around with a running back room of Alvin, Jamal Williams, and Kendrick Miller, a wide receiver group of D-Hop, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, and others, tight ends of Foster Moreau, Jawan Johnson, and your do-it-all player in Taysom Hill. That kind of seems fail-proof. You have to produce, and there will be no more excuses. There will also be no more excuses for Pete Carmichael. So I'm for them pursuing him. Do I think they're going to get him? I really don't know. I, I would lean towards no because I think at the end of the day, teams like the Bills and Chiefs will manipulate the cap enough to bring him in because he might be that missing piece to their championship puzzle. But do the Saints check off the boxes? Do the Saints make sense for DeAndre Hopkins? Resounding yes. Resounding yes. Uh, and as I see you guys talking about it in the chat below, and I'll pull up some comments, you guys talking about him being a, a, a huge pickup. Uh, and obviously, if you're in the chat, good morning to all of you guys out there. Uh, the, the Saints, they got 13.6, according to Jeremy Fowler last time. Now, I think the reason last time you may have heard they had 16 might have been that's because the rookie contracts weren't factored in. Uh, so you factor in these rookie scale contracts, nothing major, obviously. Bring it down to 13.6. I think that's why they're at that number. Uh, but again, this is what Jeremy Fowler was reporting this week. And he's been on the DeAndre Hopkins thing for the last couple of days. He's the one providing the list of suitors from what he's heard. Saints are on that list. Now, I do agree with what Ryan is saying here. I think the Saints are not at the top of D-Hop's list. But that's why money plays a factor. And that's why I mentioned the 13.6 mil. Because some teams don't even have 3 mil to spend. And I think that matters. And we've seen before... And I hate bringing him up because I don't think he's the best comparison because the Saints kind of dodged a bullet not signing him. But do you guys remember the years that Jadavion Clowney was a free agent? And the Saints, in terms of being contender, being the best fit schematically, made a ton of sense for him. But he kept going to teams that could just pay him more, like Tennessee or like Cleveland. And we kept going, all right. I mean, he, he chose the bag. Players can tell you one thing, but at the end of the day, they do want to get paid. Uh, and I'm not telling Saints fans to get their emotions all involved in this because DeAndre Hopkins might not go to the Saints. But it makes a lot of sense. And I think for the Saints, he'd be the missing piece offensively. I, I keep saying get Hunter Renfro. They don't get Hunter Renfro, but they get D-Hop. You could stick Michael Thomas in the slot. You can. And, and you can do fairly well with that. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's very clear that Saints fans, in my eyes at least, would welcome D-Hop with open arms, trusted vet, very good player for a long time in this league. I think it's a no-brainer. I absolutely think it's a no-brainer. But again, it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be as much as, here, Diop, here's 10 million, join our squad. And he says, yes, like he's going to have things to consider. And hopefully the Saints give him a lot to consider. So uh, we'll see there. Now, interesting comment from Ryan I will bring up before I get into the next topic. He said, instead of Diop, go get a veteran offensive lineman because we already struggle with injuries across the whole line. We can't afford Carr getting hurt week one like Jameis did last year. I don't disagree. I think New Orleans, to some degree, felt decent about their depth because you they got three tackles with Ramchek, Hurst, and, and Penning. And then they had three guards they liked with Ruiz, Pete, and uh, Saldaveri. But now Saldaveri's hurt right now, to your point. And I think the other thing that's kind of a little scary, Ruiz coming off an injury, Pete coming off an injury. So your guards are coming off an injury. Penning coming off an injury. That is a concern. I don't disagree with you, Ryan. I just don't know who that guy would be. I, like, they can go bring in parts, and as training camp rolls around, teams will make those moves. I'm sure the Saints will bring in some guys if they need to, and they feel like they need a veteran presence. But it's like there's no guy out there right now that I think would make a huge difference. 
But I, I a thousand percent agree with you. If Carr gets hurt, we're back in the same boat last year. We we're like, all right, season's pretty much over before it started. And uh, none of us want that. So before we get into our next topic, I want to remind you guys, uh, as always, we are brought to you here by, by Chris Smith of Ladder Bloom, who's one of the top realtors in New Orleans. And for a free marketing val- valuation for property, to book a property tour or to talk real estate, you can give him a call at 504-231-2004. That's Chris Smith of Ladder and Bloom. Uh, and let's get into OTAs. Now, OTAs are... How do I put it? Like they're there for us fans to get really excited off the brief videos and, and just see guys out there throwing the football and participating with the Saints helmet on. Like it just gives us great joy and made to see that because we're all kind of just itching for the season to get back. Now there is the element of you're not going full speed. You're not really playing defense and, and the competitive fire is not really coming out. So probably training camp, but there are things you want to see. There's things you want to hear in OTA. So let's talk about a couple of things that I want to hear from OTA, some things I want to see this week that could give us some clarity heading into the month of June. And the first thing that I want to talk about, and I think it's a very, very sneaky thing for New Orleans, Zach Bond, DeMarco Jackson, one of them has to step up this year. One of them has to step up this year. We know what DeMario Davis does. We know what Pete Werner does. The two of them are absolute dogs at linebacker. And I think for New Orleans, you feel great about that duo. What if one of them goes down? What the heck happens next? Last year, Pete Werner went down. And Caden Ellis stepped in. And Caden Ellis played so well, he earned himself a very nice contract from the Atlanta Falcons. And I tip my cap to him. He really revitalized the pass rush. Played well off ball. And that is something that Caden Ellis had to get better at. When Caden Ellis got to New Orleans, they knew what he could do. Kind of getting after the quarterback. What did he need to get better at? Needed to get better at playing off ball. And I think for New Orleans, they want to see what DeMarco Jackson, the former App State linebacker, who they drafted last year, what he can do off ball. Because this is a player in my mind that I think for the Saints can give them a little something. I'm going to just look at his, his his last year in college from App State. 119 total tackles, six sacks, 20 tackles for loss, an interception, forced fumble, and five pass breakups. The kid did it all at App State. It's finding a way to make him be an okay player at the NFL because you're going to need to rely on one of these two. And if you can't rely on one of these two between Zach Bond and DeMarco Jackson, guess what you got to do? You got to go into free agency and you got to grab a veteran who's been sitting on the open market for this whole offseason who probably won't provide you much. So I do think one of the sneaky stories of OTAs, one of the sneaky stories of the offseason that we need to hear more of, DeMarco Jackson versus Zach Bond, who is going to light that fire and be that third linebacker? Now, the Saints don't play a whole lot of three linebacker sets. But again, if DeMario gets hurt or if Pete Werner gets hurt, one of these guys might have their number called. And Zach Bond, I think, is fascinating. If Zach Bond played better off the ball, I think he'd be the no-brainer because I think Zach Bond knows how to get after the quarterback. And I think had the Saints done that more with Zach Bond, they probably got more success out of him letting him get after the quarterback. But they didn't. That ship feels like it has sailed. But it's his final year in New Orleans coming up, and we'll see what happens there. So it could be him, but I would love to see what DeMarco Jackson can do because, like I said, this is a guy that stuffed the stat sheet at App State, and maybe this is it for him. Didn't play last year, pretty much a red shirt. We didn't hear much about him, especially injury-wise, what he was dealing with, but who knows? Maybe he can, and I'm hoping to hear good things. I'm hoping to see good things from them because the linebacker spot is one of the few position groups on this team that I think the Saints are 
very, very paper thin at. And that is, that's a concern. So that's one thing I'm looking at in OTAs. Another thing I'm looking at in OTAs, and this is on the flip side, this is actually a good thing. So I talked about linebackers, right? Because we don't know who's the third guy. And we don't know if there is a third guy. When it comes to wide receiver, after the first three for New Orleans with Michael Thomas, Olave, and Shahid, they got options for days. Now, you're probably only keeping three or four because you're only going to keep about seven total. And here's your options. Let's say you let's say you keep seven wide receivers. It might be six, though. Here are your options. Traquan Smith, A.T. Perry, James Washington, Brian Edwards, Kirk Merritt, Keith Kirkwood. That's six already. Of And I'm not including the top three guys in Olave, Shahid, and Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith, I know Saints fans are getting tired of him, but the man run blocks at a high level. And until he can't do that, they're probably going to keep using him. Brian Edwards, familiarity with Derek Carr, a former third-round pick who's had some good seasons in this NFL. He's going to fight for it. James Washington, former second-round pick from Oklahoma State. He had a couple of good years in Pittsburgh, really took the top off the defense. He's going to be fighting for a job. A.T. Perry, rookie out of Wake Forest, who's had some really good moments. I think he, I don't want to say he's a shoe in at all. I think he might have the longest leash because the Saints just drafted the kid, traded Troutman to get him. They feel good about him. Six foot four, makes big plays, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons at Wake Forest. That's another option. Kirk Merritt, Kirk Merritt almost made the roster last year. He's going to be fighting for a job. And then Keith Kirkwood, he's made the Saints roster in the past. He knows their offense. He's going to be fighting for a job. I want to see if any of those guys create enough separation that we say, okay, you're the number four. And unlike the linebacker spot where I'm kind of nervous as to who's stepping up, is anyone stepping up, wide receiver is absolutely freaking loaded. Like I said, the fourth guy next year might be Traquan. It might be A.T. Perry. It might be James Washington. It might be Brian Edwards. Who the hell knows? It could be DeAndre Hopkins. It could be Hunter Renfro. Like, the Saints at wide receiver, and this is what I love, love, love that they've done this offseason, they are no longer banking on their top three. One of those guys can go down, and I think they'll have enough. It won't be what we want, obviously, but they would have enough. So that's something that I'm absolutely looking at this offseason, especially this week of OTAs. Now, the third and the last thing, and I think this is more for, this is definitely going to be a fan pleasure type viewing thing. Derek Carr, what's his connection looking like with two players in particular? Chris Olave and Jawan Johnson. Now, Chris Olave is the no-brainer because I think Chris Olave, when it's all said and done, will probably be leading the Saints in receiving yards next season. I think he's going to have that wide receiver one type of production we expect. Jawan Johnson, though, Lord, did he really improve last year. He went from 13 catches to 42, 159 yards to 508, and four touchdowns to seven. I think he's got another jump in him. I really do. I really feel like he's got another jump in him. So I'm, I'm excited to see can Derek Carr build that strength and that relationship with Chris Olave, who I think will become their wide receiver one by the end of this year, because I, I really think Olave is going to take that next step. And then Jawan Johnson, who I think can take another leap. And Lord, if Jawan Johnson takes another leap, could you imagine? Like I just said, this guy went from under 200 yards to 500, to seven touchdowns, to 40 plus catches. What if he's a 750 yards, seven touchdowns, 50, 60 catch type of tight end? This offense takes off and Derek Carr knows how to use the tight end position. We saw with Darren Waller how successful he was with o- in Oakland. We saw in Oakland slash Vegas how successful he was with Foster Moreau. Why can't Juwan take advantage? I think he absolutely can. So for OTAs, like I said, 
I'm looking at that linebacker three spot. Does Bond or DeMarco Jackson, do one of them take that step? The Saints need them to. Wide receiver, loaded. It's a who's who of Keith, uh, Keith Kirkwood, Kirk Merritt, Traquan Smith, Brian Edwards, James Washington, A.T. Perry. Who is emerging for that number four spot behind Olave, Michael Thomas, and Shaheed? And then Derek Carr with Foster Moreau, with Jawan Johnson, with Chris Olave. I want to see that type of thing because I know Derek Carr can utilize tight ends. So how does he build that connection with Juwan? So I already got one with Foster. How does he build it with Juwan? And then Chris Olave with Derek Carr. That's going to be important. And I think that's going to be a really good connection because I think Derek Carr is going to be that leader that tells Olave what he expects. And I think Olave is going to be that really savvy, smart player who you told me to do that one thing. I'm about to do that one thing and excel at it. So those are the three things that I'm really excited to see in OTAs. Now, before I go and wrap up this Monday morning show, I saw you guys left some comments. So I'm going to go through all of them. And then we're going to leave it off. Once we're done with the comments, we'll finish off on this Monday. So let's start off with, with one here. You guys saying you're banking on Jackson. I don't blame you. I, like I said, I think DeMarco Jackson was a damn good player at App State. And you're trying to find a way to channel that into the NFL. And you're not asking him to be a starting linebacker. You're asking him to be a serviceable linebacker. And if he can do that in year two, then all of a sudden you're looking differently at last year's draft. You're already looking differently because you got Olave, You got uh, Alante Taylor. You got Shahid in the undrafted pool, and you did draft Trevor Penning. And for all the, the injury flaws, that is a talented offensive tackle who you hope can take that next step. My issue with John Gruden coming to New Orleans is the negative issues that comes along with him. We already have a target on our backs with Goodell in the NFL, but hey, if it helps Carr, okay. And two, I agree with Hopkins. We don't have to give up anything to get him. Let's go get him. So I agree with the Gruden point. It's it's I get why they did it. They're trying to give Carr an advantage. They're trying to give the offense an advantage and speeding up the process. But to your point, this has been probably one of the most fun off-seasons I've had watching the Saints in terms of they didn't make moves that I think they did for Splash. I think they made them because they're trying to win the Super Bowl, and I think these moves will further that. Bringing in Derek Carr, bringing in Jamal Williams, drafting uh, drafting a guy uh, in the first round like a Brian Brzee, then drafting an Isaiah Foskey, adding an A.T. Perry, adding a Kendra Miller, bringing in a Colin Saunders, I think they've done a great job of that. This was the first time this offseason they made a move where I'm like, all right, I mean, I, I get why you did it, but it's going to be controversial. So hopefully it's one of those, it was a weak thing. He helped, he did his, his job that they brought him in for, and then that's it. And hopefully that's the case. And it kind of seems like that's the case. You know Pete Werner's going to have to sit out a couple of games at some point due to a sprain or something. That's probably the case. And that's why I say DeMarco Jackson and Zach Bond, it's going to be way more important than people think. Because at some point, Pete probably will go down. And it might not be major. It might be a game or two. But those two games, who's stepping up? Caden Ellis last year was so good that the Saints were able to take their sweet time of Pete Werner coming back. Caden Ellis really was fantastic. Uh, Now, problem was he priced himself out of New Orleans. That's how good he was. And I'm happy for Caden Ellis. And I hope he does well. Obviously not well against the Saints because he plays for the Falcons now. But you got to figure that out. Because Pete Werner has missed time. And it's become a recurring theme, unfortunately. Caught you live. Nice. Yeah, so uh, for people who are listening, if you haven't heard before, starting every Monday moving forward, we're going to do live shows, similar format. What are the three big topics going on for the Saints, uh, as well as any comments you guys put in? And when that wraps up, we'll be done. And we'll be doing this live throughout the offseason, and especially during the regular season. I think that'll be the most fun. If the Saints win that Monday morning, we'll have something to talk about on a victory Monday. Or if they lose, I'm sure we'll have something to rant about. John asks, will Taysom get more reps at tight end or wide receiver? That's a fascinating question. I actually think that for Taysom, 
I don't know if that matters as much. I would imagine it'd be tight end, though, if I had to guess. But I don't actually think he's going to be utilized heavily as a tight end this year. I think the Saints, if they're really, really smart about it, utilize Taysom, what he's best at, running the damn football. Because I think having Foster Moreau and having Jawan Johnson, you do have those two tight ends. Think about it. Jawan, from last year to this year, should be even better. And if not, worst case, he stays the same. Adam Troutman to Foster Moreau is an upgrade. So you're already feeling better about the tight end group. I don't know if Lucas Kroll will make the roster. I know that's someone that people bring up. But let's say Lucas Kroll does. Kroll should be better. That's another one. The tight end room should be better regardless. So I don't know where he'll get more reps. Uh, I'll bring it up here, though. Let's let's kind of see what Taysom Hill did last year rep-wise for the Saints because the Saints do have a decision to make with him in terms of how they're going to utilize him. And um, let's see what we got here with him. So he had 96 carries. That's an awful lot. And he had nine receptions. So I, I really don't know. I, I really think the Saints are probably just going to utilize him in terms of being a running back, honestly, slash quarterback. So he had 326 snaps on offense, 33% of the offense. And if he ran, like I said, 96 times, that's a good chunk. That's a good chunk of that number where he's running. So about 30% of the time when Taysom's on the, on the field, he's getting the football and he's being a runner. So I'm not too worried about whether or not they put him at tight end or wide receiver. But if I had to guess, I think tight end makes a little bit more sense because like I mentioned before, how many wide receivers do the Saints have? It's finally a luxury, which I'm, I'm glad to hear and see. Billy says Moreau is going to be nice. I 1,000% agree. First off, best story of the NFL offseason. Best story of the NFL offseason. The heartbreaking moment where he does find out that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. Saints diagnose it. Ends up being in a situation where he doesn't have to go through the most grueling, life-altering treatment, but does get on the right track to being at OTAs, to, to signing with the Saints, getting that contract. How can you not? Like, awesome story. But he's also an awesome football player. And I think that the Saints are going to utilize him pretty well this year. And the fact that he does have that already relationship connection with Derek Carr just adds to it. Saints should bring in Yannick for more pass rush. I don't disagree with that. I actually couldn't believe... I guess I could believe because it's been a kind of recurring theme for him for some reason. But it's wild to think that he is a free agent because the one thing this man does is produce. No matter what team he plays on. Jaguars in 2019, he produces. Ravens in 2020, he produces. Then gets traded to the Vikings that same season. He produces. Raiders, he produces. Colts, nine and a half sacks last year. Yannick just balls, man. Uh, So I am a little surprised he's still free agent. The Saints brought him in. There'd be nothing wrong about that. I think it'd actually be a smart move in terms of bringing in another pass rusher. But we'll see where they go. I would not hate that at all. So to to get to your point, yeah, I, I think they should consider bringing him in. You know, because outside of Cam Jordan, it's a who's who of, are they going to step up? Isaiah Foskey, rookie, is he going to step up? A guy in Peyton Turner, is he going to step up? Carl Granderson, great situationally, but can he be a starter? Kind of my reservations there. So, I would not mind them bringing in Yannick. Olave will have 1,200 to 1,300 receiving yards this season. I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. I'm going to be honest. I think Olave would have more if the Saints didn't add so many weapons this offseason, which is what you want. You don't want your receiver to have 1,800 yards and no one else is there to help him on offense. We've seen that story before. Michael Thomas had over 1,700 yards during his record-breaking season in 2019. So I think Olave can have more than that but I agree with you. I think that's the ballpark for him because, like I said, 
People gotta people gotta eat. Michael Thomas has to eat. Rashid Shahid has to eat. Jawan's gotta eat. Foster Moreau's gotta eat. Alvin's gotta eat. They got mouths to feed, so I don't think he'll get 1,500 yards. He's capable of it, but I agree. I absolutely agree with you. Great ballpark there. John says, love this new segment, live shows on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be I'll be trying to be as consistent as possible with the time, and we'll see if it a little bit later works better for people. We'll adjust to that. If a little bit earlier works better to people, we'll also adjust to that. But just here to give you guys Saints content on a Monday morning um, and start off the week right. And with the way the Saints offseason is going, more good days than bad days, that's for sure. Taysom will feast at the goal line this year. The idea of Taysom Hill at the goal line with Jamal Williams next to him is nuts. As a defensive team, I don't know what you would do because Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns last year, rushing touchdowns. He is arguably the top goal line back in the league. And then you got Taysom Hill, who when he's running downhill, QB power, you're screwed. You are absolutely screwed. There's nothing else I could say about it. Just get out of the way, out of the man's way. That is all I could say about it because that duo right there, they'll be scoring a lot of touchdowns, especially at the goal line if that's the case. So I, I agree with you. I think Taysom's going to feast this year in that role for sure, which I'm, I'd imagine he'll have. Jason says you hit the nail on the head with linebacker depth. That's going to be what gets us to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. It's our biggest question mark. It is the biggest question mark. Linebacker depth, even defensive end. Defensive end is more of a who's going to step up rather than a depth question because I think the Saints actually have depth on the defensive line. Linebacker, there's no depth. You love your starters. Love your starters. But again, like teams get hurt. I love the Saints to be in a situation where they stay, stay healthy, but who knows if that happens. Gene says, love your show. Uh, I pr- really appreciate that, guys. I, I really do. Uh, while Kendra had 17 touchdowns in college last year. Kendra's another one. Thank you for bringing up Kendra Miller. The Saints have backs at the goal line who could get it done. And what I love about that, and I'm not saying take away Alvin's touchdowns at all. Alvin got to be a touchdown machine. That's when he's at his best, obviously. Alvin is not going to be asked to do everything. And I think because of that, you're going to get Alvin at his best. I've always thought to myself, Alvin Kamara is at his best level when it's 15 to 18 quality touches. Not run him down like a workhorse back, 25 carries, hope he does well. He can do it, but that's not the best version of Alvin. The best version of Alvin, what is it? 15 carries, three receptions, 13 carries, five receptions, something like that. Something like that. So that's where I'm at with him. Ryan says, I forgot about Jamal. I can't wait to see him in Taysom Reunion. It's going to be fun, man. Fun on the sidelines, fun in between the lines. And that, that's where it's going to get really uh, physical, especially at the goal line. It's going to be dynamic there. Also, Quan still free agent would be a cheap linebacker ad. He would. He would. And, and again, guy that knows the system. I just don't know if the Saints want to go back to that well. They could. Quan was a guy who had 42 solo tackles last year. Best football is probably behind him. So I, I don't know. But, but to your point, would be cheap. Wouldn't cost a lot and knows the system. So who knows? Maybe that's it for New Orleans. Maybe it is. Uh, could also be a guy, like you guys mentioned, John Bostic, another free agent, knows New Orleans. We'll see what happens there. But those could be two names uh, for sure that New Orleans could consider. But either way, they, they got to get it. Now they'll get that answer after they see what the young guys can do. Because if Bond and DeMarco Jackson look good, you don't really have to worry about the veteran market. But they got to show you something for you not to go out there and get you something new. So we'll see what happens in that regard. But all right, guys, it has been a fun 30-plus minutes with you guys on this Monday morning. Uh, And before I go, I just want to remind you guys to enjoy 
the end of your Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys have a, a great amount of fun this day, whether it's with friends, family, whoever it may be. And until then, make sure to subscribe to Boot Crew Media's YouTube page because we'll be doing more shows like this every Monday live where we'll do the three topics and we'll take your comments, questions, concerns, all that. It'll be a recurring thing for a long time, hopefully. Uh, and also make sure you're subscribed to Boot Crew Media because outside of Saints stuff, they also have great Pelicans content. They have great Tulane content, whatever you want to consume. They got it there. So make sure to subscribe. And as always, stay tuned for more content here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Hoodat Nation.